what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. If you're tech fans like us, you enjoy seeing cool and sometimes crazy ways that technology can solve a problem. And what better place to let those fascinations run wild than the Sharper Image Catalog? In this episode, the brothers select items from the catalog that they either wish they had, wish actually worked as advertised, or think that the other would enjoy, and then of course try to poke holes in each other's ideas. Tune in to see which of these picks actually earns a maybe from the brothers. Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech, your weekly podcast uh, for technology, for home solutions, for home efficiency. Uh, We are here on the Mesh.TV podcast network and surprise, surprise, there are actually two actual brothers on this podcast. Um, Those two brothers, one of which is very handsome, one of which is very smart, one of which the mother and father of them actually enjoys being around. And the other is Alan. Alan, how are you doing today? You doing good? Are you doing good? I, uh, I made the mistake of saying, Hey Brian, why don't you introduce the show? This I week? thought that was and, great. I thought that was great. And this is what happens when I do that. No, I'm no. doing, I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. fine, Brian. Good. Thanks good. for the no. warm, friendly uh, opening. I guess I didn't, I guess, I guess I didn't say this is your new host, right? Brian on the, the West coast, uh, out here in Oregon. And, uh, I am a professor of kinesiology at Pacific university. I am a, uh, product director and consultant with synaptic, uh, a sensory technology company. And I am just a lover of technology. Um, someone that, uh, dabbles quite a bit and has probably no business doing this podcast whatsoever. Uh, but yet, I am the brother of the tech person on the other side of the coast. Uh, no, see, I say that. Other side of the coast. You're not on the other side of the coast. You are other on the other coast. The, the you other are on the coast. other coast. Yeah. See, yeah. I am screwing this up left and right. But we're going to keep going. Yeah, we're going to plug are. on. Really yeah. So I'd like to introduce my brother, the other half of this podcast, um, Alan Jackson. Alan, I'd like to Hi. be able to say all the things that you do, but that would take way too long. Alan's a media producer, a director of all things media. He's a um, oh gosh, I don't know you. So nice. You do so much. Actually, you know what? Honestly, I don't even pay attention when you normally say what you do. So, <laughs> would you mind saying it real quick? What are you? No, you pretty much got it. Okay, uh, media producer, uh, survey media. research, data analysis. Um, Podcast producer, film society manager, film festival director, and former former host of Brothers in Tech. So yeah, yeah, the former. Yeah. Now I'm just the featured guest, <laughs> and now I'm just I'm here in a featured capacity. So so what are we what are we what are we oh, doing here, Alan? Alan doing? All I prepared for was the intros. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's all well. so that's we have all nothing have. else planned. No, no, no. Actually, I'm super excited about this. And uh, just like pretty much every episode that we have, I'm the one that came up with this idea. And I'm pretty excited about it. And if it goes south, then uh, hopefully you'll edit it uh, to make it seem decent. But uh, so as everybody knows, our the goal behind this podcast has been to try and help um, the family members, the daily home technology, the people who will get calls uh, regarding tech problems within your family, the ones who are just excited and interested in uh, finding new ways to use technology within your home. Uh, We're not teaching high-level things here. We're not looking at, uh, we're not talking about coding. We're not talking about um, product, you know, the, the actual resource development. We are talking about what can you buy Mm-hmm. And put in your home, and what should you be downloading, buying, using to make your life a little bit more efficient? Okay, yeah. what works, that makes what doesn't sense. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, given that, Alan, I thought it would be incredibly cool for us to take an episode here, and we'll see if it works. But um, 
given that we talk about efficiency, we talk about ways that technology can be used more effectively. Mm-hmm. I know you because you and I have traveled together as kids, uh, and I remember us being on the plane together and uh, spending time reading none other than the Sharper Image Catalog. And oh, yes. Yes, the Sharper Image Catalogs. For, for a tech enthusiast, that's kind of like the aspirational catalog, isn't it? Right? It's well, about it, the it, daily it, technology of ways that things yeah. potentially can help us live our life better. Honestly, the Sharper Image Catalog is cons- consolidates everything you and I have been trying to do with the show that we do, what we talk about on a regular basis, is all personal home technology it's sometimes pushing the boundary as far as ideas uh it's sometimes taking ideas and merging them with other concepts that don't really make sense why you put these together but they decide to do it and somehow it might work but here's the thing brian is that i think we realize with the sharper image catalog as cool as the ideas are as cool as the things we saw in this catalog i don't think we ever actually bought any of them. <laughs> Am I correct in saying that? I have not bought anything from Sharper Image Catalog ever. No. Now, and I think there's a reason for that. I think it's because although the ideas are great, sometimes you question the implementation or the quality of what you're going to get from it. Now, I'm not sitting here bashing Sharper Image. I love that they exist. I think it's great. And I think every once in a while there are some products in there that I think, oh, yeah, that probably would actually be pretty cool and I should probably get it. But there's a lot more of these products that are ones that, oh, yeah, these sound really cool. The idea sounds amazing. This is exactly what I need in my life. But you just worry about, is it really going to do what you expect it to do? Or what, is it really right. going to do it in the best way possible? Right. right? Yep. So that's what we're going to do with this, right? We're going to just uh, take some of the sharper image items. You and I each take a couple of them, ones that we find to be the most interesting. And yep. like, hey, this actually Intriguing. could be cool. Yep. But let's throw the word of cautions on why maybe the way the sharper image version of this product is is maybe not the best fit for, for right. day-to-day use. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's important to to note as we as a as a kid, you look at this and think, well, of course, that looks fantastic. Why didn't I think of that? Right. I should get that. Okay. But then you as a as an adult, you start realizing, well, this is a catalog full of lots of different things that were probably developed by someone but not followed through in terms of the implementation. So Sharper Image maybe took it on or maybe they bought up the stock of them and is reselling them themselves. So, yeah, there's probably some probably some issues or at least it certainly kept me from buying a lot of things. But in terms of inspiration, I always love looking at this catalog and I still yeah. do. I still do. I still love so let's looking use through the sharper image catalog it. as yeah. kind of like you said our, our aspirational technology. What let's is it, it we hope we would love to see technology do more of, or certain products we'd love to see exist? Yep. Just maybe better, better implementations, better versions of them than what you would find in this catalog. Yep. Right? Yep. So we've each uh, we've each prepared two of these, right, Alan? So we're yep. gonna we're I've gonna go back and forth right. here. We've got two that we think would be really interesting if it actually worked the way it's supposed to work. So, and yeah. we do not know what each other has chosen. So I actually chose several because I have a feeling you and I might've chosen the same one. So we might have I'll, sl- I'll slide to another one. So Alan, okay. why don't you, why don't you start us out? Tell me, tell me one thing from the Sharper Enrich catalog that you think looks awesome and you yeah. really wish it worked the way it was supposed to work. All right. So I, uh, you know, we've talked in previous episodes, Brian, about our love of scanning documents Mm, to have digital documents instead of paper. The idea of scanning quickly, whether you're using like nowadays your phone to kind of quickly scan something or you use a more traditional hardware scanner. I, um, something about this product that I'm going to tell you about in the Shopper Image Catalog intrigues me. Um, It's a wand scanner, Okay. And let me describe it because I know this is an audio podcast. Uh, It looks like a little short wand, like a little maybe uh, half an inch wide or no, maybe like three quarters inch wide uh, wand. And it's, I'd say, maybe six inches long. Okay. And it is a scanner. And what they're pitching it as is this is a convenient handheld scanner you can take anywhere. And you move it slowly across any photo or document to make a high quality JPEG or PDF, 
in as little as 10 seconds. Now, all the scans are stored on a little micro SD card on the, on the wand and can be hooked up to your computer via USB and transferred back. Now, why, why do I like this idea? Why, Alan, I can hear you already, Brian. Saying, Alan, <laughs> your phone will scan documents. You have your phone with you all the time. Yeah, so, I was thinking more like, Alan, you're an idiot. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, but something about it being a separate device. I don't have to worry about using my phone everywhere. It's just like, you know, yep. it's like, here's a photo. I just, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a book. Oh my gosh, I like this photo. I want to scan it. Just something about having a small little wand that can fit in your pocket somewhere and just be like, shoop. And you just like kind of move it across the image and it scans it. And you don't have to worry about stopping what you're doing on your phone in case you're, you know, listening to something or you're doing something else or you're needing your phone for any other activity. I like this idea of it being kind of separate. Mm -hmm. um, but now um, here's the, here's where yeah, I see some problems. Tell, tell okay? me the downside. Tell me the downside. Here's the downside I see. A, it's 120 bucks. Okay. So first off, I think it's pricey. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, this puts a lot of stock in you as a human being, being able to manually swipe over things and make sure you've got a good, high-quality scan of it. I just, I would have some concerns about how robust the image quality is going to be. Is it going to be a straight scan? Is it going to be? Is the image going to look good when you're done scanning it? Is it going to be based on how you move your hand across it? There's so many question marks with that that I think are are a little. Yeah, could be some problems yeah, there with that. Yeah. Um, and then it's the fact to, hey, look, we have a phone that is, acts as a really good scanner these days. Um, this is using a micro USB, which means you've got to hook it up via USB. There's no wireless transfer, so you're having to carry more cables around, more adapters and all. But I tell you, something about the idea of just a simple, standalone, little handheld, almost like the size of a large pen to do scanning. I mean, that's the stuff from like spy movies and, and some in the past. I mean, it's pretty cool. So yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see 10 years ago being mm -hmm. really kind of excited about that. And quite honestly, I was probably a couple of years ago, even looking for, you know, the, the very, the, the really thin paper, uh, uh, desktop, scanners, the ones that take up very little real estate, you slide a piece of paper through and still scan it. I still thought that there was a use for those sorts of things until, of course, uh, the last few years of, of using the phone. But I like the I like the idea, right? I like the idea to be able to use that. Obviously, I think it, 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 uh, it seems to be useless for most people. So could you think of anyone that should buy this, Alan? Think of a well, scenario where someone says, okay, in my unique situation, this would be incredibly helpful. Right. Yeah, sure. Let's go for that. Somebody who is very anti-smartphone. Mm -hmm. Somebody who says, you know what? I don't want to deal with a smartphone. I'm not, I don't want that in my life. I just have a simple flip phone that all I'm going to do with it is answer phone calls or whatever it may be. And they needed something that they still feel the need to scan fo photos and texts and documents on a regular basis. Yep. If you don't have a, a good quality mobile phone with you, then yeah, there's still a need to have some sort of scanning capabilities on the go. I could see. Right. Um, right. So that's that person that isn't tech savvy enough or tech interested enough to have the phone. Right. But is tech interested enough to not want to have to take paper copies everywhere they go and yeah. take everything that they have um, and write it down. Right. I know so I've narrowed, I've, cool. I basically described a group of yeah. four people. There's four so, people uh, in the Midwest that I think are going to love this. Yeah. And I, uh, that's yeah. I agree too. Of course they're not listening well, to this podcast, but you know, surprise. It's 120 bucks. Although I will say, uh, keep in mind, I'm just, I'm doing a little plug for sharper image right now. As we record this uh, site wide, they're having a 20% off discount. Ooh. Um, Promo code SAVINGS20. Um, you heard it here on <laughs> Brothers in Tech. And you can use PayPal to pay in four interest-free payments of $30 each. Wow. So there's a lot of options here for this. Um, I love, I just love the, something about the idea of just saying, and take your, I'm doing my, I'm with, for those of you on I'm the audio sorry, podcast, can you do that once again, again yeah. I'm going, with my, with my, my little pen thing, just kind of, Swiping across things to scan it. Oh, something mm. about that's kind of cool. Yeah, I just like the, I like the idea, I like the motion. But yeah, for if you have a good quality smartphone, uh, this is uh, pretty pretty useless. At that point. Can Can I also say, as the the new host uh, for Brothers in Tech, that uh, Alan just did the shoop shoop movement, 
out outside of the video frame of what I can see either. So he's basically doing that for himself. <laughs> Nobody else can see that. Nobody on the podcast. For my own and not personal, even the brother. <laughs> my own personal enjoyment. Wow. Um, okay. All oh, right. So Alan, I'll mention that the yeah. last thing I'll mention about this is maybe a little problematic. Um, well, no, I guess I'm not going to say this is problematic. It comes with a 16 gigabyte micro SD memory card. Mm-hmm. You know, in all honesty, nowadays, I mean, you could be scanning a lot of things and, and, and 16 gigs, I guess, is probably enough for doing a, a decent amount of scanning. Um, but I was going to say it's like a fixed amount, but it's not. You can swap out different memory cards. It doesn't say like what the maximum capacity card you could get. But okay. if you scan a lot of things with the one scanner, you may be having to offload it to your computer a lot more frequently. Yep. So. yep. No, I get, I, I get that. All right. It does come with a cool. carrying a case and a it comes with a carrying case and a cleaning cloth in case you're oh, interested. In okay. case that makes it a little bit more worthwhile so for you. So that's, that's worth the 120 then. Yeah, yeah. there you okay. go. All right. All right. So that's my first attempt. Hey, this is the first time we've done this, Brian. Yeah. I'm a little rusty. I can, I can do better on the next one, but uh, go I ahead. Well, let's I don't know about rusty, one. but that, that's certainly setting the bar low. So that's good. Yeah. Um, All right. Okay, Alan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct your attention to page 24 in the current um, Sharper Image Catalog. There's a print version I can look at. Oh, see, that's what I sent you in a link, right? So you're actually just scanning through the website, aren't you? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's All right. Exactly what I'm doing. All right. So I'm I skipping. I'm we skipping doing. through the the PDF, but anyway, regardless, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna send you somewhere on the on the website here. So <laughs> this particular device um, intrigues me because. I have found that this is something that has annoyed me over and over and over again over the years, and which is, of course, what Sharp Image is all about, right? Mm-hmm. It, it tags into that one thing that you uh, get annoyed by and provides a solution for it. So I am going to recommend, I'm sorry, not recommend, I'm going to talk about the Easy No-Spill Fuel Pump. Ah, yes, the Easy No-Spill Fuel Pump, all right? So what this is, uh, so let me let me set up the the problem uh, that this okay. is supposed to solve, right? right. Say I have a uh, a lawnmower that takes gas. Oh, I have nice. a I have a gas tank or I have a gas can, right? Mm-hmm. I have to fill up that lawnmower with a with a gas can. I have to turn that gas can over to try to get it into the the uh, the, the opening for the um, the lawnmower, said lawnmower. Mm-hmm. And of course, what always happens is spilling gas onto the lawnmower all around it, trying to get it in there. And then also the seal around my gas can tends to leak every time that I use it. So there always seems to be a mess at the end of this, right? Now, I mm-hmm. say that always, and that if you'll think back to our previous episodes, I have an electric lawnmower, so this really isn't that much right. of an issue anymore. Yeah. Um, but if I did, I think this would still be pretty annoying. So what this is, is, of course, I'm looking at it on a picture here, um, the size of, I don't know, a bar of soap. Yeah, a size of a bar of soap. Very good. Very good description, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great job. Yeah, thanks. That's what a a host does. That's exactly the item I was going to use for for comparison purposes. (laughs) Nice. It was great. It's very visual. I got it. I've got it. So the bar of soap that... uh, screws onto the uh, uh, the gas can, which I assume, yeah, actually I'm looking at pictures now, has a tube that goes into the gas can, right? Yep. Resides mm-hmm. at the bottom of the gas can, screws onto the opening of the gas can. And outside of this bar of soap box is a, another tube that goes to wherever you're trying to send the gas, right? Yep. It's got, mm-hmm. it takes tri- uh, AAA batteries, you put in batteries, you click the on button and then it becomes its own pump to suck the gas out of the can into wherever you are sending it. All right. The, the beauty should be, should be fairly easy to keep from spilling everywhere. Uh, right. It should also keep for maybe the older couples out there, the older individuals that may not want to lift a gas can, right? Mm-hmm. It keeps you from that. lifting it. Sure. Right? Yeah. So if you've got a full gas can, Mm-hmm. Um, you might be able to, if this was something where you were trying to put gas into a car, have you ever tried to put gas into a car from a, from a can? Alan? Yeah, it's no good. Okay. I was going to say, I've, I've never done it, but I can't imagine it's that easy, right? No, no. It's actually more complicated than you would think because yeah. the nozzle of your gas can has to go 
past a certain point inside the yeah the t- it's just it's a mess yeah yep. so i would imagine this would be helpful for that scenario right you set it on the ground you've got the tube that goes up to the uh sure uh, the uh the gas tank and then you turn it on and it sends the the gas up it becomes a miniature little it's a miniature little pump so okay uh, it is right. 7.79.99 and that's it's, that's $80. four just that's four interest sure free not, payments of twenty dollars yeah it's not seven thousand nine hundred ninety nine oh no i'm sorry see yeah, it's clear. exactly $80. 79 seventy nine correct okay, good. um it is in stock just in case you were wondering oh, yep um, good yep good, good. check and, so uh, brian okay so all right so talk I mean, to me you've you've tried to sell me on this yep and you you did a good job of selling me. I mean, I'm already seeing the positive application use of this device. Have you already ordered it? Did you just order it? No, no, okay. because um, I got to go back to the root problem. So you have issues pouring gas from a gas can into a, 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 a larger hole on the lawnmower gas tank. Is this what I'm hearing? Um, yeah. Okay. So Brian, I feel like maybe you should order like five of these (laughs) because you may need one for your milk container at home. When you're pouring milk into your cereal, you probably need to have one on your milk, probably need to have one on any other beverage that you may pour into a larger hold item like a cup. (laughs) Oh my God. You, you laugh, but how cool would that be to have like already on your milk container, you go into your fridge and you press the little go button and this thing starts shooting out milk into your glass. I'll do you one better. Okay. Why, why not have, if you buy like a two liter of something or you have bottled water or you have whatever in your fridge, you put one of these contraptions on each thing you have. Okay. Each bottle of something. I like where this is going. You you wrap them, you fuse them together into one pipe that comes out of your fridge. Okay. Mm -hmm. And somehow you able to choose which larger canister you're wanting to pour liquid from. And then you just take the little hose and you just drop it into either your cup or your bowl or whatever you're needing. And you press the button and voila, milk or sun drop or bottled water, whatever it may be, comes into your cup. Okay, hold on a second. I'm searching to see if they have a Bluetooth version of this because um, yeah. that would be awesome. Now, but, but let me get back to the original question, Brian. This this device sounds interesting, but yet I also feel like it's adding a lot more complication to what's a relatively simple process. <laughs> yeah. No, but see, my thing is that I don't think I've ever had a gas can that hasn't leaked. And the reason really? it leaks, the reason it leaks is because when you turn it up to be able to pour it into whatever, right? Or, you know, you actually go in, I, I don't know if your gas cans are like this, but the ones that have the nozzle that can actually be flipped upside down into the tank to mm-hmm. close it up fully, right? Well, that just requires you to then take it out after it's been shaking around and having gas on the end mm-hmm. of it and everything. It just, mm-hmm. I despise having gasoline, on my hands, on my fingers, on the ground, around me as I'm using these sorts of things. It just seems like I'm always making a mess. Now, is it because I am my dexterity is horrible? Maybe. That's yes. quite possible. That's quite possible. <laughs> but if me, who I assume is not that unique and having bad dexterity issues with a gas can like that, this could be a way where that gas can never has to be turned on its side, never has to be even lifted up, right? As a way of kind of you know, so I'm imagining. Let's let's just let's just say I have an elect, I have a, um, I have a gas powered uh, lawnmower, okay, which I don't. Yeah. But let's say I do. Let's say I have a gas powered lawnmower, a gas powered um, mm-hmm. uh, hedge trimmer. I have a gas powered something yeah. else, right? If I had my gas can, a large one. Let's say I actually get a large one, big five, ten gallon gas can in the corner with this device on it, with the tube up there, almost like I'm at a fuel station. I roll my roll my lawnmower over to it, take the 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 tube, drop it into the lawnmower, turn the little you know turn the uh, the device on. It starts pumping, and turn it off, pull it out, hang it up, 
and all of a sudden it's pretty nice and clean, nice and simple. I didn't have to carry anything. Mm-hmm. I rolled it over there. Yeah, to me, to me, this that. this is one of those that uh, the downside is whether it actually works the way it's supposed to, and well, whether it yeah. whether it's going to provide good suction to be able to do that, whether it's going to leak itself, right? Which of course always is kind of a nightmare. And are we at all concerned about having a electrical device that sits at the open end canister of a gasoline? Is that a concern? I don't know. Are we kind of I, no, we're, we're not a concern with that anymore. You know what? Um, I think it's worth a try. I think it's worth a try. Okay. Yeah. 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 I can see there being a lot of fault points in this. Yeah. But I think the concept is is interesting. I, I the fault do point too. is I think it, it does look like it's a pretty – a little more antiquated electrical system. I like more the idea of the, uh, yeah, I, I like what you were describing before. Um, this, this particular the implementation, I think just looks problematic. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it breaking very easily. I could see it, uh, not having the, the, uh, manpower to kind of, I mean, it says it does uh, a gallon, uh, pumps three gallons a minute. Um, I could see that, slowing down over time pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I also, you know, it's so, I, I have a hard time relating Brian, cause I do not have, I do not share in the, the dexterity gas spillage mm-hmm. incident. Yeah. I would almost rather take that $80 and just get a much better gas can, mm-hmm. you know, one that does but, not spill or what actually happens in your case. I mean, let's, let's yeah. be honest. You take that $80 and you pay your sons to go out and, do the lawn mowing yep. your, for it's you, their right? problem. Yeah. It is okay. their problem at that point. Okay. Yep. When's the last time you actually mowed the lawn more? Uh, mowed your lawn? I, I mowed our yard, our new house. Uh, we've been here eight months. I mowed it for the first time uh, this past weekend. No. Okay. I know, because I'm like looking all around, like, where, where are my kids? My kids should be mowing the yard. Where are they? And both were tied up with things going on. And the yard needed mowing, so I broke down and, and did it, even though I was under the impression that having two teenage boys in the house, I do not have to mow again for a very long time. Yeah. Well, I'll just wrap this up by saying what I'm hearing from you is that you have mowed your yard once, which means months. you haven't had to refill the gas, which means you haven't no, had no. to spill the gas around very everywhere. True. Right. So there Absolutely we go. correct. Okay. Yep. So you just haven't recognized the, the beauty of this I am not the target, the target market yet. for this product okay. yet. Yeah. All right. Well, that's if the key. No spill. No, no spill fuel pump. You can, if, I, if I go mow the yard again in another eight months, um, I will tell you at that point if, uh, if there was any spilling with my gas can. And if so, we'll I revisit. may be in the market for this product. We'll revisit. Be, be careful. It may not be in stock at that point. Uh, since when, when I mention it here, it's should going I, to fly off the shelf. I go okay. ahead and add it to my cart now just to try to play it safe. Okay. All right. All right. So there's, me, there's my first one. All right. I'm, I'm kind of excited about this one because I, I, can, go, I can go so many different directions with this. Brian, <laughs> is this God. an annoyance of yours? You? There's a mailbox yes. in your house now. You have a mailbox that's out away from the house or is it delivered right to your door? How's the uh, No, it's actually, it's delivered to a common mailbox that's on our street. Yep. That you have to go walk to. Yes. And like I have to, and I have to actually turn a key to open it up. Yes. Oh, yep. See, that's a problem. What if help, you get there me and out. there's no mail? What if you get there and there's no mail? That's a lot of time you just wasted. It's <laughs> a lot of walking. It's a lot of walking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but I don't have time for that. <laughs> well, I'm busy. I'm busy cleaning up gasoline off of the, the ground. So. <laughs> God, gasoline spills you've got to clean. I've got. I'm scanning um, documents. <laughs> I'm, scanning, I'm, scanning, I'm scanning stuff left and right. I don't have time to walk to a mailbox. <laughs> So, <laughs> so this, what I need is I need a wireless mail alert system. Oh, okay? do you? Do you? So what this is, no more wasted trips to the mailbox. That's the first line in this description. So already I am sold. <laughs> the wireless mail alert system comes equipped with a sensor and a receiver. Now let me describe this again for our audio listeners. The sensor is a rectangular box that you affix to the door of your mailbox. 
So imagine you got a mailbox that you open from the front, a more traditional mailbox. You open and it lifts down. This is affixed on the inside of that door that comes down. And what it does is it notifies you when mail is delivered. It does this because that sensor on the door is saying, oh, wait, if, if, if something opens, then that must mean mail was delivered and I'm going to sound an alarm. You have a receiver that looks like an old 1980s pager um, that you sit in your house somewhere. Oh, that no, is you, don't, you don't sit in your house. You put it on your belt. <laughs> is what you're going to do. <laughs> it's with me all the time. I always know when I have mail delivered. And you, te- you put the sensor on your mailbox and you place the receiver inside your home for convenient alerts. And it runs on a battery, but the receiver plugs into an AC outlet. So I can't walk around with the belt. Sorry. I have to fix it, pick a spot for it. It uh, works up to 300 feet away. So that covers most, most mailbox to homes uh, range. The receiver will beep four times and illuminate with a little perfect little old 1980s red LED light when there's mail in your mailbox. So, Brian, poke holes in this. How, how does this not work? Oh, God. Let me count the ways. So, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, there's, a bunch. Yeah. there's a bunch of ways. I'm being very facetious about yeah. this. There's a lot yeah. of ways this doesn't work. Yeah. But, no, let me, let me approach it this way, Alan. Not that just that I'm going to poke holes in it, but let's talk about other ways that that could happen, right? That you yeah, could no, do it I, on your I, own. I, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I think, yeah. but I think we have to kind of address what are the shortcomings of this implementation, and then we can talk about how we, we actually yeah. do it. Nowadays, yes. I agree. So this, so this one, what what did it say? Uh, and I'm sorry, I spaced out on you for a while there. What what did it say? Did it say the distance that the it'll, it'll, mailbox could be away from the 300 sensor? Three hundred feet. feet. Yeah. Okay, three hundred feet. Which I imagine, knowing the way that they measure these things and try to give you the largest number possible, that's probably three hundred feet of unimpeded kind of. Uh, Connection. Probably so. It, it, yeah. I, I got to imagine looking at the technology that's in use for this this product. I uh, I can't imagine it being the most robust wireless system. Right, right. right. So there might be I one think, one issue would be like depending on where you are. If you, you know, our, our grandparents, Alan, you know, their mailbox was at the end of a long driveway that was much further than three hundred feet. So of course yeah. that's not going to be helpful. And they're the ones that actually probably need this to know. I'm not going to make. I'm not going to make the trek a quarter mile away, True. unless right. I know that mail has been delivered. Right, so they're then the ones we, that actually we need lose it. the whole capability of that. Right. Um, here's my bigger issue. This whole system is built on the idea that it's going to alert you whenever basically the door to your mailbox is opened. Right. So the, the challenge here is that yes, in most cases, that is a pretty good indication of whether you got mail. If somebody came and opened up your mailbox, okay. But, you know, a couple things. Uh, if people are still sending things by mail and you have something put in, put in your mailbox for a mailman to deliver or to pick up, like you raised the little red flag on your mailbox, well, that mailbox, the, the mail delivery guy is going to open up your mailbox, even if he's not delivering mail. So this is, it doesn't really tell you if mail was delivered. It just tells you that someone opened the mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody walks by your house, opens the mailbox whatever reason, goofing around, being kids, whatever, it's going to go off. Uh, mailman opens your mailbox, but then doesn't end up putting something in there. That's going to set off the alarm. Yep. Uh, and then does this get off track? It's like, okay, if, if, it, if, it, if the alarm goes off in your house, four beeps and the light is on, and you never go to check the mail that day, you wait till the next day, I assume that light is still on, so it doesn't really like it's not really letting you know if mail was delivered that day. It's just the light just means someone has opened the, the mailbox. Is it going to turn off if it gets opened again? Mm-hmm. Like when you go to open the, the mailbox to get the mail, does that reset it? There's just a lot of implementation things yeah. I can see with this yeah. whole idea of just of just censoring when the door is opened on right. a mailbox. Right. Yep. That's my issues with it. I can see now. How 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 to fix it though? How would well, you do it? Different? How would you do it nowadays? You know, uh, I mean, the sensors, the wireless sensors, are available in lots of different capacities, right? I mean, there are there are companies making these sensors for everything. We've talked about them before on this show, right? Uh, you could put a you could put a door sensor, you know, a door mm-hmm. sensor on your mailbox that once the the seal is broken, right? Mm-hmm. Assuming now now the question there is. Can you put sensors out on your uh, 
your mailbox and will they reach your Wi-Fi, which of course is the way most of these are going to work. And assuming sure. that you can reach Wi-Fi, uh, which may be the case that you could reach Wi-Fi, but the 300 feet maybe uh, maybe extends longer. Who knows? But uh, if if I were really interested in knowing when my garage, my uh, uh, my mailbox was open, I'd probably put a a small little uh, door sensor on it uh, or a motion yeah. sensor inside well, that lasts for months. Right? See, that, I was going to go the motion sensor route. Yeah. Um, now, if I wanted to get really and I didn't, money wasn't an issue, and I just really wanted to always have the sanctity of knowing. If there's mail in my mailbox, you find the cheapest Wi-Fi camera you can get. Yeah. You, you don't mind mounting on the inside of the mailbox that works in, in a, like a night vision, works okay mm-hmm. in night. So it has like some artificial night lighting to it. So not only do you get, it's a motion activated, meaning whenever there's motion inside the mailbox, you get a notification that, hey, something's happening inside your mailbox. But you can also look and say, oh, yeah, there's mail there. Yeah, especially if you're in a place where someone might steal mail, and that may be a concern, yep. right? You not only get that, but you see who it was that that took your mail, yeah. right? So there's that. So that's mm-hmm. to me. I mean, this this wireless mail alert system is seventy dollars, which is not a ridiculous price for it, but seventy bucks, I could definitely get a door sensor uh, affixed oh, yeah. on the mailbox. But all that does is replicates what this thing will do, just lets you know when it's opened. Yeah, but at least it'll let you know it on your phone or any other device that's connected to, and not on this one receiver that has to sit somewhere in your home plugged in. Yep. Um, but I think you know if you really want to know is there stuff in my mailbox, you go to the motion sensor that is triggered if something actually goes into your mailbox, like it's it's on the side of your mailbox on the inside, and it just knows hey something got pushed in there. I'm yep. sounding a an alert. Yep. Or go even higher with a little cheap camera that just will let you, that has a long battery life and night vision capability and will let you see inside the mailbox. Yeah. Well, let me, let me go back to one of my bits from a previous episode and you get a, a wise, wise outdoor camera for 40 Mm -hmm. bucks. You put it in there, you mount it to the back of your, um, uh, your mailbox, right? It lasts for probably, what do we say? Three, five, six months on a battery Mm -hmm. charge. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll get not only a notification, but you'll also get a 12 second video without paying a yep. dime per month. So, so there yeah, you go. I mean, there's some so cool ways notified, to, for 40 something bucks. has entered the mailbox. I get notified. I pull up my phone. I can actually play that little 12 second video and say, oh, there's actually mail there. Yep. So again, I don't go check the mail unless I get notified there's something out there. Yeah. And then, then Alan, even further, the video, you look at the video to decide, is it worth your time actually going out to the mailbox to get whatever has been put in there? If you see the sharper image catalog on the top, you know, I'm out there now. I'm coming home from work yeah. quickly. <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking an hour or two off of work. I'm leaving early. No, but I am getting probably too deep in the weeds on this, Brian, but this is kind of what we want to do with this show. Um I would be concerned a little bit. I, I think you're partially saying that in jest about seeing the content. I, I, I'd be concerned about resolution and whether, you know, mail's stacked on top of each other. It's going to be hard to see, like, what's all in your yeah. mail. Now, yeah. let me extend it a little bit, okay, because the post office yeah, for, for business accounts, um, not in Hickory, unfortunately. I've already checked into it, the Hickory post office, where all of my business mail comes, uh, does not do this. But and, and by the way, not just business. I know where you're going, but it's not just business. Oh, so yeah, just yeah. throw that out. Yeah. But the whole, um, it'll send you emails yep. with uh, scans of the mail that's being delivered to your mailbox. Correct. Yep. Now, to me, I mean, that, that solves everything, right? Yep. 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 Because then not only are you getting notified that there's mail in your mailbox, you're actually able to see exactly what it is. And like you said, if it's all junk mail, then you'll say, yep, oh, I'm just going to let that sit till tomorrow and I'll, yep. I'll go yep. check it then. Yeah. So, so the post office does image. that. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they have not, they do not do it in my area. So if you're not in an area where the post office is doing this, then yeah, look at some of the things we talked right. about, like the little 40, $50 cameras or motion sensors, and you can pull off the same thing. I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think $70 for the wireless mail alert system is going to, going to quite meet your needs. But that's no. just my, my guess. No. On that. I think that's a one-off yeah, solution. I'm that, uh, really disappointed the, right the post office hasn't rolled that capability out more places yet. Oh, oh I'll tell you, it's, it's fantastic. I, I actually don't go to my mailbox that often because I wait to see the daily 
daily email that I get with a scan that says, Same. here's coming, here's what's coming in. Uh, now I will say there, there's a little bit of quirkiness to that system. It's still kind of under development. I'll get mm-hmm. scans of things that were addressed to my old, uh, my old house. So I still get the scans, but they don't mm-hmm. show up in my mailbox. So actually the scans are happening prior to them filtering out certain things and all of that. But okay. well, that, regardless, that's thing. They, yeah. they'll improve that over time, but it's great. I can look and say, Oh, that bill or that check that I've been waiting for is coming in today. And I know for a fact that I should go check. See, I really need that for my business mail because my home, it's not a problem. My mailbox is really super close to our house and we're outside every day. Anyway, it's the business, you know, I have to walk, um, to the post office. Yeah. Um, from my, my building downtown and go in, walk through the whole place, get to my mailbox, do the key lock on it, and, all, and then to find out there's either nothing in there or it's junk or whatever. And um, I wish they would roll that out more places, but I know they will. I mean, it's not like they're only going to keep it in certain right. places you know, the rest right. of the time. They have to try it out and start it in some, some communities. So uh, anyway, okay. that's the wireless mail alert system at the Sharper Image. I'm going to give that a pass at this point uh, okay and right. uh say i think you may have some better options so. all right well let me uh let me jump in with my that. second one here so mm-hmm. and i'm actually surprised you didn't choose this one i i thought when you gave me a teaser before we started here you said oh one that's not needed anymore i thought this was going to be the one but um so i'm going to jump on it which is uh so let me just say that if this was 20 years ago uh, I'll, I'll, I'll i'll be a, i'll i'll even say 15 years ago. This was 15 years ago. Yeah. I actually would be pretty stoked about this. Okay. Okay. Um, this is the cassette to MP3 player. And you're shaking your head. I know that you looked at it, right? You no, thought about a, it. I, we had talked about having like one we were going to kind of surprise each other with at the end. Oh, that's the one. This ah. is the one. Ah. You know. Okay. Well, so okay. Let's talk here about you go. It. You actually, you were actually right on because our surprise was going to be what to give to each other. Yes. Um, and I'm telling you, I, there's something about this that I could, I could still dig because I do happen to have a number of cassette tapes still in my house, uh, which don't get played because I've gotten rid of all of my cassette players. Neither of my cars will run a cassette anymore. Um, mm-hmm. so they literally are there because of my wife and I look at them and say, I'm not willing to just throw them away. And I can't imagine yeah. anybody wants to buy them. Right. Yeah. But what this is, the cool part about this, this thing looks like the old Walkman, right? Yeah. The old Walkman mm-hmm. player, which is just a handheld device. You slap the, the, the tape into it, close it up, press play, and there you go. But the difference is at the top of this is just a USB port that mm-hmm. it gives you a USB, uh, um, a USB drive. You drop the USB drive in there, press play, and supposedly it's going to then record onto the flash drive uh, from your tape player. Okay. Yes. So, so super cool that you've got a ton, a ton of different tapes. You, if you don't really care about the quality, because I imagine the quality is going to be a little bit of a bummer here. But uh, the fact is, if you just want to digitize those tapes that you have, get them onto uh, a way in which you can listen to them from your phone or listen to them from your computer. Mm-hmm. Here might be a way of doing this. This is, okay, my my screen is, I'm zoomed in a little bit much here. I'm thinking it's 55 or 65. It's that is 69. It's 60, $60. Six, or $70. Yeah, $69.99. The cassette to MP3 converter, right? Now, I personally think this is super cool. I would, if someone gave me this at Christmas, like, hey, here's kind of like a somewhat of a gag gift that I actually would take home and probably use, I probably would use it. The downside is I would use it for like a weekend, get all my tapes, and then it's done, right? There is no more use for this ever again. (laughs) You you hit the nail on the head as far as the reason why this is a great concept, but not something to put $70 into because you're right. I mean, yes, let's say you have a really large uh, cassette collection. Now, A, I could argue that, well, okay, if you're, a, if you're an audiophile in any way or you're a big music listener, um, cassette quality is probably not the ultimate in quality yeah. that you're wanting to keep these files at. And, I mean, 
just as an example, the, the photograph on the Sharper Image catalog has a stack of, of cassettes <laughs> with it. And one is the Bruce Springsteen album, Tunnel of Love, which I will say is a good album. I've got it. It's a very good album. But guess what? I've got it on Apple Music, mm-hmm. and yeah. I can listen to it at super high-quality, lossless, mm-hmm. and it's great. Uh, I think the Digital Underground may actually be another cassette on there. I see it the is. word ground at the bottom. I think that is. Uh, also, the Humpty Dance. Very good. Good, good song. Good, mm-hmm. uh, good cassette there. But um, again... I have it on Apple Music and play it yeah. all the time. Yeah. So um, that's that's the problem is that, you know, if it's one thing if you're wanting to digitize an LP collection. Okay, I think albums do have a different quality texture to them. Brian, you and I have talked about this before a lot, about the, the, the sound of albums. Nobody's ever clamored for the sound of cassette tapes. Yeah. <laughs> that's not really the, the, style, the sound you look for. But here's the, the biggest thing you hit on is, Okay, you digitize your collection. I mean, it's not like you're going out and buying new cassettes right now. Right. So right. What else it's a one-time use, use process. Yep. Yep. Like when I digitized my entire CD collection, yeah, it took several weekends to do, but then it's done and my CDs were donated or sold and I don't have the CDs anymore and I'm fine. So that's the problem I see with this. It's, yep. it's, it's, yep. it's helping do something for a transitional media that, we're not purchasing anymore and don't need it anymore. Um, And on that note, Alan, so if you are someone who has media like that, that you want to convert, whether it's VHS to digital or Betamax to digital or, you know, any of those uh, old media, you just brought up a really good point. Well, I think I brought it up actually. And you, you agreed. I wouldn't buy a device to do those sorts of things. I would probably rent a device or I would borrow a device, or I Mint, would borrow, or let me extend it out a little bit. Use a service, right? Or uh, let's just say if you've got anything that plays a cassette and it has an audio out, like for headphones or whatever, I mean, there's some easier tools that are a little more universal that will allow you to convert that audio cable signal into a USB yeah. uh, computer signal and you can record from. And you know, you're probably a little cheaper than 70 bucks and it's universal, meaning anything you had on audio that you need to get converted over, you could do. Um, so there's other ways to do it if yeah. you're industrious enough to want to want to do this. Again, I question how many people really need to do this right now. Okay. Now, well, let me say this. If, if you recorded a bunch of stuff on cassette, that's not music. It's not music mm. cassettes that you can get yeah. on Apple Music. Maybe it's personal interviews you did with people. Maybe it's historical things for you, whatever it may be. Yeah, then maybe 70 bucks is worth it to say, look, I just really want to do it simply. It's going to take me hours and hours to do this, and I'm willing to put 70 bucks into it to have a device that just does yep. it in one fell swoop. Okay, then maybe I think that makes a good argument for a device like this. Yeah. Or if, you have that, more, if you have that mixtape that you gave – to your wife back in the day when you happened to be courting her, which cool. by the way, Hank, Hank, I actually have a mixtape that my wife gave me. And that's one thing that I will never throw away. Right. I mean, it, ah. I don't know if I'll ever listen to it because I don't have a tape player, but there's a mixtape. Mm. And so that could be something really cool. Right. That has the, the very poorly done kind of, you know, pulling it off of the radio slash no, pausing it, going that. to the next no, thing, right? I if you wanted everything to sound exactly like nostalgic. that. You're right. You yeah. know what? I'm actually saying that, yes, there For is. 70 bucks though. Yeah. You better have a few of them to do it. Right. Well, I think. and again, I think, I think it's just, you gotta, you gotta do a cost benefit analysis on yeah. that as far as how long you're yeah. actually going to use it. I do think people that really in all seriousness want to look at converting any kind of old, like more analog media tape album, uh, even CDs, there are simple converter tools you can use to plug up your traditional audio equipment and convert it into a digital USB yep. and it'll sound great. And it works with any of those devices. So you're not limited to just one type of thing. So, yep. Well, let me just add one other piece about this that I just realized. Mm-hmm. And maybe this puts someone over the top to buy this guy, right? Yeah. Okay. Did you notice that it also has a, uh, an auxiliary in auxiliary line in, so you technically could plug in some other device that has an auxiliary out or has some sort of audio out into this device, and I'm assuming pump straight into the uh, hmm. the the USB as well. I did not see that. Okay, and I don't know what that would be. Now let me let me give you one use case, and I just happen to think of this. You, Alan, you remember the bit I gave? Uh, well, it's been a few weeks now, but of the 
headphones that I gave my wife that mm-hmm. are underwater mm-hmm. can't can't be Bluetooth. They must be MP3 on the device. Well, let yep. me tell you one of the problems with MP3 on a device like that that has, has no connection whatsoever. You must have a file that goes on that device. Is you have to own it. There is no. You can't take from Apple Music and bring down an MP3 of something mm-hmm. you don't own to put on this device. However, if you have the tape, <laughs> you have the tape sitting in your closet of that song that you really, really love uh, or multiple songs and you don't oh, want yeah, to go and buy them. So you that can stream them for your phone, but you can't put them on your underwater right. headphones. So there, there might be you. small use cases. Yeah. Right? Since this is now I found it has an input, yeah. meaning let's say you have a radio. And you're yep. wanting to record something off of radio, or you've got an old, uh, uh, you know, um, album. Yeah, I mean, you could do an LP. You could do a, a, a turntable off yep. of this, and you plug it into the the line in on this cassette to MP3 recorder. Then the idea is that it bypasses the cassette and will go straight to the MP3 recorder. Yep. Then okay, seventy bucks is still a little expensive for it, but it is kind of a cool function design. To have this retro thing, it's like I can use this to convert anything. That's not bad. What Uh, I don't, what I don't know is, can you actually play the tape? Like, could you actually hear it? Yeah, could you actually plug some headphones in to that auxiliary line? It says auxiliary line, but I it doesn't say it says auxiliary line in for converting other audio sources. Doesn't say anything about a a line out or headphone jack or anything. Because if it also allowed me to plug in some headphones and rock some old tapes, then you know what? That might actually push me over the edge to do something like this. So hold on. I'm, I'm with, um, Ooh, okay. Oh, check nope. it. it says monitor your transfer with the included earbuds. Yes. Okay. All right. You know did what? we just move this device from a, a no, no way do we move this to a, <laughs> you know what? We may be getting each other this for Christmas. Oh my God. <laughs> You know, if you gave me this for Christmas compared to the normal crap that you would give me or nothing you would give me, I would actually, I would not hate you afterwards. I really, I mean, I would, I would not hate you after that. All right. Add to cart. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, Uh, there's, there's something here to this. There's something here. I love it. I, so I have a device. I forget uh, the, the brand name of it. Unfortunately, it's not in front of me, Brian. It's at my office. But I do have a little box. I think it was about forty bucks. That is a converter box, and it is meant. It's it's a it's a it's got a USB connection on one end, plugs into your computer. The other side of it is the yellow, white, red, um, yeah. RCA input. Okay, and that's a fairly universal signal, both for video and audio. So anything that can come out in that RCA red and white cables. I can plug in this box and then my Mac sees it as a audio input that I can record. And it even comes with a little piece of software that'll allow you to record from that device and turn it into whatever file format. That's where I go to. If I've got a VCR uh, VHS tape, I need to convert. I hook up an old VCR plug it into the yellow, red, white RCA cables. And I can now digitize that video. If I have a CD player, for whatever reason, I need to get a CD converted. I don't have a, a, a disc uh, connected to my computer. I can do it through the CD player. Same thing I could do with tape player if I have a tape player. So I just need the actual player device, and then I can convert it. So there are devices out there that do that. And um, maybe I'll recommend that for a future one whenever I can remember what brand name it is and, yeah. and all the specs yeah. on it. So, yeah. Very cool. I mean, it doesn't, it's, look, it's, it doesn't look like this. No, it does not look like this. It's a simple little gray box. It's pretty boring, but it it gets the the job done. This is a cool look. I'll admit it. I'm actually kind of warmed up to it now, the more I've thought about it. Nice. Nice. All right. So the winner of that round was Brian, is what you're saying. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, (laughs) I was the only one that we put into a maybe. (laughs) I was going to bring that one up as Uh, my bonus one. So you kind of stole my thunder. A little bit. Did you I get another bonus? Do you have another bonus in there? I don't. Okay. That was my that was my third one. Yeah. Do you want me to give you a bonus? Do you want me to give you one to talk I, about? If we I, we got a few more minutes. I mean, okay. I, let me let me let me long, let me go ahead and let me actually say a bonus real quick. And just yeah, for the sure. audience, what we did is we said each find two that you think is kind of cool. Fifteen years ago, you you know, but it probably doesn't work the way you want to. And then we said find one 
that you think you would want to give to the other, right? So one that I would want to give to you, Alan, right? So I'm going to give you uh, one right now okay. uh, verbally because I'm not going to buy it. But yeah, okay, good. Uh, page 45, I'm going to give you the uh, acupuncture pen. <laughs> okay. So the acupuncture hold on. pen. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm finding it. Getting to it. Okay. All right. Acupuncture. Acupuncture. Well, what, I don't know the name. Let me actually look at the name. The name. Acu- oh, no. It's the acupressure the pain acu- relief. Acupressure pen. pain relief. Yes. Massage yeah. pen. Correct. Well, first off, they need a new branding on the name. Yeah. That's how, that's a big name. Acupressure big pain name. relief massage pen. Yep. And it says okay. it stimulates mm-hmm. and massages... Oh, wait a minute. I got to zoom in here. Stimulates and massages away strain and soreness with non-invasive electrical impulses. Uh, four interchangeable heads and nice or nine intensity levels block pain signals from the reaching the brain for instant relief. The cordless design makes it easier to target the wrist, shoulder, knee, ankle, elbow, face, and other areas. Okay. Now, why would I want to give this to you? Well, one, I'm not going to use it on myself, so I'm really excited to see you use it on yourself and see what this actually does, right? I'm assuming it's providing some level of, you know, shock pulses, little pulses, kind of like a tattoo gun or something like that. And I'm hoping it provides some pain, uh, which would be awesome if that was the case. So, I, interesting you mentioned this. Oh God! You have I, um, you have it already. No, no, I don't. But um, uh, a couple of years ago, I um, oh, still to this day, I, I have a lot of pain in my thumb joint area. Um, doing gaming, this, the motion, gaming, the motion, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The motion I'm doing right now for the audience, audio listeners, is I'm moving my thumb around in a circular motion, and it's uh, it's painful. It's it hurts to do this. It's probably. Phone use is probably key, keyboard use is probably all of the above, and uh, I did actually go to a uh, therapist for a while that was doing some hand work uh, to kind of loosen those muscles up and to kind of help alleviate that. And one of the things they did was the electrical charges, electrical pulses into the the thumb area. Um, it didn't feel great, um, you know. I wasn't going to say it hurt, but I mean it was it was not a pleasant feeling. Um, and it worked short term, but yep. uh, I still got the problems. Yeah, so, yeah. So uh, that's called. So from the kinesiology professor over here. Yes, this is actually where I'd like to kind of hear you because yeah. this is kind of what you 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 know. So. Yeah. So that's called electric stem, right? Electric okay. stem yep. is something is fairly fairly well known. Which of course, this is what uh, in my quick attempt at looking at this, I actually thought it was a needle because I didn't read it carefully. Uh, I thought it actually <laughs> had a needle. And I was like, oh my god, he has to try this. Uh, and when you described it as a tattoo thing, I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I thought for a minute that it was an actual going to be a, uh, like a, a puncture in, type thing. So anyway, wow. um, but I'm still not sure I'd trust Sharper Image with it. I'm still not sure I would trust no. that to regulate the amount of impulses that are going to go into electrical your, your pulses body. sent into my skin yeah. based on this mail order online catalog company. But that being said, I will I will say that uh, you know electric stem is something that's used often. It's to break up yeah. scar tissue. It's to uh, you know you could also think of it as uh, if you stimulate a particular area that has pain. It kind of overrides the pain signal by kind of taking your brain away from that pain signal, which can be a good thing. I used to use it all the time uh, when I was in college. Uh, you know, I had lots of arm pain um, that I would put on electric stem, you know, before a tennis match or something. And it was really just kind of numbed that uh, situation, you know, that particular location. So there are benefits for this. Uh, I would say I wouldn't trust, you know, electric stimuli from uh yeah from just anyone. Um, and of course, if this said it had like a, a nine, you know, a, a nine volt battery, I may be a little bit more excited to see what would go on with this or, you know, maybe a car battery or something, then I'd really <laughs> love to see what was happening. But, uh, yeah. So that's one of those that I probably wouldn't trust. Um, but yeah. uh, the, the electric stem certainly, uh, certainly has some legitimate research behind it. 
Um, okay. Well, that's good to yeah. know. I, uh, yeah. yeah, I've still got my pain. I still don't know what to do about it, but I will not be going to the sharper image for medical, um, medical remedies. And I'll time. go ahead and tell you, I probably won't be buying you that one for Christmas. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I will find some other way of, uh, of, uh, giving you like, for example, the chainsaw food cutter, which is the other one that I would have said, if you wanted me to, if you wanted something I actually think would be awesome to have, right. That is, uh, for me, it's page six because I'm actually looking at the, uh, um, the real, uh, it's really chainsaw. Okay. So hold on. No, sorry. Sorry. I write, I write notes down on this. Let me find out what the actual name is. What are you doing? You're killing me. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I didn't realize that you wouldn't be following my instructions. Okay, it is the Mighty Carving Knife. Oh, I see it. Okay. It's a miniature chainsaw. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is a miniature chainsaw that can be used to carve food, right? Carve a ham, carve a turkey. And this thing literally looks like a short six-inch chainsaw, right? Oh, my God. It's so awesome. (laughs) That, my friends, is one that I would not mind you getting me i i just love the visual behind it because it honestly looks like you're just putting a chainsaw towards your food god uh, that is so great if the imagery if they would have put like a ski mask on the person that was doing this it would just be incredible i just i want to have people over and get ready to cut like something you know just like (laughs) i don't know just like you know like a pineapple you know or something and just have it out and then just bring this thing out and just look at everybody's eyes oh and if somehow if it makes a really loud noise, it would be, it would be yeah, so I much want, better. I actually want to be like, as I'm cutting the food. Oh, that's great. Uh, so well, so there you go. Really, I just, I helped you out. That's the one I mighty, literally would mighty, like to have. So the mighty carving knife. Wow, please, okay. please. Ne- and that is $99 and 99 cents, which so I imagine would be five payments of $20. We should set up an account with sharper image and just put stuff into each other's like cart. Just, Uh, you know, not that we're actually going to click the button to buy them, but just say, look, I thought of you when I saw this and here you go. Here's, (laughs) we're going to like create our fantasy uh, shopping cart from set sharper image of things we want. No, but I, I want to do this episode again. I want to do this, you know, a few months from now we come back and, and see if I can really, you know, stump you with the sharper image uh, wants out of this. But but let's talk about, you know, just to wrap this up, we brought up four items that we kind of, you know, were brought up a little bit in jest and that, oh, wow, this is kind of either a random crazy thing or something that could be done so much better. But it did bring up four needs that, you know, yeah. we, we we have. I mean, we, we brought up uh, the fact that, you know, I, I'm looking for a way to, to know what's in my mailbox without having to walk out to the mailbox yep. all the time um, because I'm lazy and I just want to do this as simple as possible. You don't want to have gas spill out. <laughs> I don't want to have when, gas. When pouring spill it from out. one container yes. to another. Yeah. And you want to alleviate that. Uh, I... Uh, Oh, what was my so other basically, one? Oh, I I, to, I've got I another gas honest. problem. That seems to be a common common theme among our episodes here. Yeah. I think it's uh, I think the title of the episode has just been determined. Um, I I want to be able to scan quickly, easily things, and and not always rely on my phone to do it. So I mean, there are some needs that we're exploring. We we have old media. We want to make sure we can convert to digital formats and do it in an easy way. So these are all needs. These are not like random things. It's just. We do question if what we're seeing in implementation and the way to actually go about doing it is the most efficient, best way. Hopefully, we also gave you some other alternatives on a couple of them anyway of things to maybe consider. That If you feel like this is a problem you're facing, then there may be a way to solve it through some newer technology as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it, Brian. I thought this was fun. Yeah, yep. I thought this was good. We should do this every, uh, you know, every, well, that's, every, month, every month or two. There's the challenge, and I think the, the challenge is for us to sell it to the other one, to say that this is – let me let me explain why you need this and see if they no, can like make that. the case for I, it. So, yeah, oh, I think what we should do next time is uh, we each pick out an item and we don't let the other person look it up online while they're, we're describing it. We have to try to sell it to them by describing it and explaining the benefits and all. 
and then we can pull it up and take a look at it and see if it kind of matches what we were envisioning. So nice, nice. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun. Again, okay. we're not bashing Sharper Image by any means. We love no. Sharper Image. We think it's great. We uh, they have fa- they have given us so much to dream about and fantasize about for for decades of ways to live a completely automated, efficient life. Um, just you know, there may be some newer, better tools to help us get these same things across that are available to us these yeah. days. All right, Brian. I think this is fun. I think this was great. Yeah, this was uh, yeah, this was a really good way for us to uh, to have an episode when neither one of us really prepared. Um, nope. So, yep, it seems to be some I, of our I, best I, ones. Yeah. Yep. It's it's been it's been it's been quite a week for me. I'll be I'll be the first to say I've been a lot, lot busier than I expected. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I wasn't able to put my normal 30 seconds of prep time into the episode like I normally do. You so. gave me a good 10 seconds, and, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, Brian, if anybody else is a big fan of Sharper Image and wants to swap notes with us or tell us their stories of how much they love the Sharper Image catalog or items they found in the past, I'll, I'd love to hear if you actually bought one. Yeah, from a sharper great. image and what kind of experience you had with it, uh, you got to reach out to us and tell us. And how do they do that? Yep, they can send us an email at info at the mesh TV. Um, if you want to write it out and use your handheld scanner to scan it in, you can send us that email as well. Uh, that's info at the mesh TV. And uh, yeah, tell us uh, if you've had some success, some good. Good, bad, or uh, or uh, indifferent sorts of experiences with Sharper Image. Um, we didn't really talk about the fact that Sharper Image actually has stores that I've been to, and uh, so you may have uh, actually tried some of these things out. But uh, I think that's kind of cool, at least for aspirational technology ways of thinking of of solving some some problems that we have. And uh, you know, we see Sharper Image's approach, and then we can talk about. Uh, ways that uh, we can handle that same approach uh, maybe in our own way. So yeah, yeah info perfect. at the mesh.tv. All right. Thanks everybody for listening to brothers in tech. We will be back again in the next week or so with uh, more topics, more discussions about home, family, personal technology. Brian, thank you for introducing the show. You did a fine job. And well, I just naturally eased right back into my closing role. Once again. I was going to say, given that that was the one and only time I probably will get to do it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> great. All, all right. right. Well, with that, we're signing off. We will all talk to you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.